bloody hell. Hello everyone. <laughs> Welcome to another beer review. And I'm just sitting there thinking. What's missing from this picture? The bloody beer. <laughs> I'll be back in a minute. How the hell did I forget the beer? I'm a bloody idiot. Right. Anyway. We're back on the, the Yorkshire series. So we are. Where's that bloody beer? And uh, we're doing a, a beer that... Uh, Hopefully it should be a good one. I think it should be a good one. It's from a brewery that uh, I like quite like some of the like the hat by the way. Yeah, I I just basically didn't want to be associated with or mistaken because my hair was getting a bit longer and I didn't want it to be mistaken from another beer reviewer on YouTube that's got kind of longer hair that ties up in a kind of ponytail because I didn't want to kind of like feel that maybe I might be copying him, you know. But uh, so I thought I'll put a hat on just in case because I'm supposed to get a haircut, but I've not a chance. And uh, anyway, so yes, so we're back on the Yorkshire series, and today we're going to be doing Fixins XB, Ooh, which is a ruby ale. Ooh, how lovely is that? So yes, so it's a ruby ale. It's four point five percent. It's legendary ale, so it's classic full-bodied ale with a delicate Calvados aroma. And subtle rhubarb. I do like rhubarb. I'm a fan of rhubarb. I think this is a problem with the world. When rhubarb started to get out of fashion, that's when we started to get all this nonsense in this world. That's when it all started to turn into a circus. And it's all down to people not appreciating and eating enough rhubarb. Life was simple. And rhubarb was about stewed rhubarb. You can't go wrong with it. And I think that's why we're in the shit we're in now. is because there's not enough rhubarb being consumed. So yes, subtle rhubarb and apple flavours for a rich finish. There we go. Unpasteurised and cold filtered. There we go. Now, just in case people don't understand. Now, you probably don't understand but pasteurisation or pasteurised milk. But it's the same type of situation. If you pasteurise the beer, it's because during conditioning, especially if there's going to be in the bottle, and it's going to be a a slightly higher sugar content because what they'll do is you can sweeten after the fact there's lots of little kind of well, I'm going to do a brewing videos and things like that and kind of break things down but there's a lot of kind of uh, jiggly pokery going on with uh, the brewing industry not just with beer but with lots of different aspects of the brewing industry but one of the things is is basically um, you can basically add sugar for conditioning purposes or you can add it for basically to provide sweetness and things like this. Now the problem is, is if some of that sugar has been added to provide sweetness, then potentially if there's any yeast in the bottle, if it's going to be unfiltered and everything else, then the yeast may actually start uh, feeding on these sugars. And, and really basically in the bottle, you potentially may have a little bomb brewing. So what they do is you pasteurise it, which basically, basically means is that yeast can't survive above 43 to 45 degrees centigrade. So what you'll do is you'll take it up to maybe around about 55 to 65 degrees, and that's called pasteurisation. So what you're doing is you're basically killing off the yeast. So even though you've added sugar, the yeast isn't basically active anymore, so it can't actually continue fermentation even in the bottle and things like that. So that's basically what it means by pasteurisation. In other words, they warm it through to about 60 degrees. 
and they make sure it's just far enough above 43, 45 degrees to make sure that the yeast doesn't survive, that type of thing. But yes, yeah, so this is unpasteurised and cold filtered, so it means it's the case is you've got to really watch with your sugar management, especially within your conditioning point of view. So basically it's a premium ale, serve cool, but not chilled. It says cool, but not chilled. And uh, one of the viewers, Papa, he did say that it doesn't take a chill very well. It's better to have it cool and uh, don't over chill it because you'll lose quite a lot of the flavours. So there we go. And is there anything else in there? Not really. Not really at all. I like that. I like that. They've just got on what they need to have on and then nothing else. Which is good. Just go quick. I'm looking forward to this one. This was should be a good one. Right. We'll use a more traditional glass for that. So let's crack it open. And see what it's like. Right. So I have had it lightly chilled, in other words, not chilled, but cooled. So what I've done is I've had it in the the fridge for about, what, half an hour. That's all. So just, and it's been sitting at room temperature, so let's see what it's like. So yeah, so it's kind of, slightly kind of, well, you'll see it's a ruby ale. I'd say it's kind of slightly amberish in colour, kind of reddish amber in colour, but not as dark as a kind of a ruby. No, it's kind of more of a kind of amber colour with kind of reddish hues. And it's, uh, it's nice and clear, and it's about one finger, sorry, maybe just slightly more than a one finger head. And yeah, you get some nice malt tones. Getting a few different malt tones. And I'm getting some grain. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting little hints of caramel, but I'm also getting little tones of toffee as well. Now Calvados. Can't quite smell it. What did they say? Was it? No, it's the wrong bottle. Um, what did they say? With, let's just see, Calvados aroma. Not really picking up Calvados. And they're saying subtle rhubarb and apple flavours for a rich finish. So let's see what it tastes like. Got some body there. It's a clean, light, slightly sweetish finish. And there's no real kind of bitterness there. But there is slight tannings, you're getting some light tanning flavours. Not as heavy as I've had in some, which is almost like you know, over stewed tea, but you are just getting little hints of tannings within the body of it. And uh, yeah.
it's definitely moat forward. But it's quite nice. I mean, this is the thing. It's not bursting with flavour. It's not overly flavourful. But there's a good amount of flavour. Um, from that point of view. But what I would say, it's clean. The flavours are quite clean. From that point of view. And... Uh, I think when I'm saying you're getting tannins, I think this is probably where the rhubarb is kind of coming in. So it's it's not strong enough to be like a kind of stewed tea, but yes, I would probably say yes. It's that kind of slightly kind of stewed rhubarbish kind of situation. So it's that kind of slightly kind of because there is a bitterness, especially it's the cases of if you've ever cooked rhubarb. Um, Rhubarb is basically a stem of a plant. The rhubarb is a plant with huge big leaves. And what you'll do is you'll cut the leaves off and cut the stalk. And then what you'll do is you'll kind of peel the kind of stringy kind of outer layer off the stalk. Chop it up and then you basically uh, boil it and stew it. So it basically softens up. It's quite a fibrous kind of plant um, in the stock and uh, this is what they do but what you do is you could add quite a lot of sugar because it is quite tart and obviously if you don't add the sugar and you do it then yes it'd be quite kind of slightly kind of stewed raw rhubarb would be kind of yeah it would have tannings to it and a bitterness to it um so you actually had quite a lot of sugar from it to it as well and it goes nice with custard and, and crumbles and all these types of things and you can get rhubarb tarts and pies and things like that so but yes i think that's where the kind of tannings edge coming in it's that kind of slightly kind of hint of stewed rhubarb from that point of view but yes definitely more forward some nice flavours, especially in the front of the mouth and also going on to the mid-tongue. And uh, yeah, with just that kind of nice consistency of clean flavours from that point of view. Apples. I'm not really getting apples myself, so I'm not. No, I'm not getting that because the problem is if you're going to get slightly apple flavours, you've got to have that slightly acidity with it as well to get that kind of apple flavour, and it's not really there, you know, from that point of view. So you don't get stewed or even fresh crisp apples either, and uh, yeah, there's no real kind of tartness there from that point of view. So maybe other people will get it, but I'm not getting that type of flavour. But yeah, it's a nice beer. It's quite an, an easy kind of, I think it's a good winter beer. I think it'd be a good winter beer from that point of view to sit and enjoy. And I would say that quite a lot of, like, with Sexton's one of my go-to enjoyable kind of run-the-mill beers is Old Peculiar. And I do enjoy that in the winter. I don't touch it in the summer from that point of view. And I would say that this has that kind of same, a similar kind of uh, feel to it. It's more of a winter beer from that point of view. I really wouldn't um, go for it 
in the summer. Um, other people are different, they will drink the same beer regardless of the climate and the weather and whatever, that's fine. Whatever the season is, they're consistent with their beer choice. I tend to go for darker beers in the winter and lighter beers in the summer, but I will also alternate because even when I'm drinking darker beers, it's not all darker beers, I, as I've said before, I, I kind of alternate between, so I'll have a lighter beer and a, a stronger darker beer and I'll kind of alternate between the two as I'm drinking. So from that point of view, I won't have the same beer again and again and again through the night. I'll have one beer of one type and then another beer of another type and then back into the first beer again for the third and then back into the second beer for the fourth and it just goes on that way. So I assign one odd, one even and that's how we go. Unless we've got kind of different ones because one of the things is when I go shopping for beer I'll maybe buy my kind of usual haunts but I'll maybe try and get something different um, for a couple just to try and things like that. And of course, if I see something interesting, I might just get a bottle, but I'm not going to drink it that night, or maybe just keep it to review. So that's how I tend to kind of go. So let's kind of break down these flavours. Okay. Starts off with a good whack of malt in the front of the mouth. Nice bit of grain on a, a good foundation of sweetness there. So it sets the stall out, malt forward, but the thing is with the malt is you're getting slightly two flavours of malt, you're getting a kind of a toffee kind of flavour in the malt, but you're also getting this kind of caramel accent as well, just ever so slightly creamish, and it's like, the best way to describe it is like you get slightly two levels of sweetness associated with that malt. So you're getting that kind of slightly kind of off sweetness, that slightly toffee sweetness that's got a little bit of edge to it. And then of course you've got the kind of more slightly kind of lighter bodied, slightly creamier, um, kind of slightly caramel style. And you're getting that, you move on to the mid-tongue and uh, this is where it starts to kind of settle down a wee bit. So the malt's still fairly strong, but it has dissipated a bit, but it's still fairly strong and it identifies, it's very clean. So you're still getting the little toffee accents and you're getting the little caramel accents. <clears throat> the underlying sweetness does drop down a bit in the mid-tongue, but it's still fairly constant from front to back. And uh, you start getting these little kind of slightly tanning accents, as in the, the tanning flavours, but light tanning flavours. And I think that's the kind of rhubarb, so you kind of edge of kind of so I wouldn't say bitter, but just slightly. How would you say? Uh, not even would say tart, but you would say you're just getting slightly a uh, tanning accent, and just taking the edge off the sweetness down again. So that's how it's kind of controlling the sweetness, with the underlying sweetness, but just these little tannins, which just makes it a bit more interesting. And uh, just takes that little edge off so it doesn't become the sweetness, doesn't become too overbearing. And I think, yes, that's what they're kind of associating with the rhubarb. So it is. And let's see what we have to taste. Moved on to the aftertaste. 
and uh, just you're getting a little bit more tannings just that little bit of as the the malt starts to kind of die down in the aftertaste you just I think the accents kind of dissipate later so this basically means that as the malt flavours kind of die down and the underlying sweetness just starts to kind of tail off the tannings are kind of one of the last things to kind of go and it is giving you that kind of uh, I'm not going to say bitter or sour or anything like that or tart but it just kind of gives you that ever so slight non-sweet edge is probably the best way and it's just giving you that and it's also adding to the body to it as well so you're getting, getting a little bit of body to it but overall it's 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 not too heavy it's, it's very kind of sessionable from that point of view and uh, it is obviously a lighter beer from that point of view but like I say is they're not overly strong flavours, not really intense flavours, but they're good. There's a good level of flavour there, but the main point is they're very clean flavours, so they're very easy to identify. You don't have to go searching. They're coming to you from that point of view. And uh, just by tasting it, it does have, you can tell, if I was blind taste testing that, I wouldn't say, oh, it's this type of beer, but I would say which brew it would probably come from, because it does have a little kind of, accent tones that just remind me of certain odd flavours that you get in Old Peculiar and just it has that kind of slightly Thiexton signature to it from that point of view so you're tasting you think yeah that does have the kind of signature tones of Thiexton's from that point of view but it is a nice beer I would recommend it um, we're actually in the summer just now and uh, this I would say would be a better beer for me in in the winter and I think I would enjoy this in the winter. But yeah, it's a nice beer. Now what would I give this out of ten? Now there's a question. Ah yeah there is that Yeah, the tannings are quite distinct in the aftertaste. But I wouldn't go as far as saying bitter, but yeah, it's just that kind of sort of non-sweet kind of tanning flavour from that point of view. But not overbearing that it gives that kind of stewed tea from that point of view. But yeah, what would I give this out of 10? I like it. I think it's quite a nice beer. And... Uh, I like the clarity, I like the cleanness of the flavours. I think that's something that's kind of underrated in beers. I think if you're going to say there's certain flavours there, then it's nice to be able to identify them. It's nice to have that clarity of flavour that you can think, oh, and it's also more enjoyable. Rather than, you know, trying to play blooming flavour bingo with beers, it's just nice to say that everything's kind of well front and centre and you can easily identify it. You don't have to have lots of flavours but what you can do is having that kind of cleanness to the flavours, the clarity um, for me is a big thing and it's also quite difficult to do from that point of view especially not having them merging, especially with malts a lot of times with malts 
you can put different malts to get different flavours. You think, well, this malt gives you more of a kind of caramel flavour. This malt will give you more of a slightly toffee flavour and slightly darker roasted and everything else. Then you put it together, and the problem is you lose it. You know, one becomes more dominant than the other, and you just don't really get the lighter malty flavours. They're kind of lost there. And uh, it just shows you that from the recipe point of view that one, they're obviously using good ingredients, but two, the recipe's been worked at and fine-tuned, so you're basically getting a right amount of this malt and that malt, so you can have both flavours. And also, it's set up in a different way. Do you know what it reminds me of? It actually reminds me of that this is more of a what we call a raw beer. It doesn't seem to have as if it's like really had the, the full boil or even boiled at all. And that's one of the ways that you can slightly separate the malts is not to boil them. You'll do the mash bit, but you don't do the boil. You'll do, and of course with this type of beer, there isn't really much hops in there from that point of view. So what you can do with the raw beer, you can actually do your, uh, your hops as an adjunct boil so what you do is you'll take your adjunct flavorings and you'll boil your hops with that and you don't actually boil your wort you'll basically extract from the mash and it really is just steeping the grains without having to do a boil afterwards and that's what's known as a raw beer or a raw ale and it's one of the ways where you can kind of slightly clean the flavors because sometimes when you boil them especially the wort for the hops certain flavours will kind of mash together and you kind of lose some of that clarity. And it feels, I'm not saying they have done that, but maybe it's a case that they've done a lighter boil. Not a shorter boil, but a lighter boil. So maybe it's a case that there hasn't been um, so intense. Although sometimes I know it's a case what they can do is they'll slightly water down the wort to basically accommodate for evaporation. And... Uh, add the hops that way from that point of view. So there's a few different aspects you can do to kind of try and get a slightly cleaner taste. But the old traditional way was the raw way you actually didn't do the boil at all. Most of the time originally they did the boil because of the water quality and everything else. You were doing the boil for to sanitize basically and uh, kill off any bacteria in the water. Obviously that's not such a big issue or a problem nowadays. But as water quality's got better and everything else and that type of stuff, um, they had this kind of raw way of doing it so they didn't actually boil the wort or they would do basically a light boil of the wort. In other words, they would lighten the wort to basically accommodate for evaporation so you still end up with the same type of um, gravity because that's another thing if you're setting with a certain amount of fluid with a certain gravity, if you basically boil it off and you get that uh, volume has been reduced, you've actually concentrated the gravity so you'll get a higher gravity reading and all this type of stuff. So there's lots of different ways you can tweak and do it, but it just slightly reminds me of a slightly of a kind of a royal from that point of view. So yeah, out of 10, I'm gonna give this a seven. Seven bordering on seven and a half. The problem is I'd like to try it in the winter. I'd like to have a bit of a session on it, see what it's like. And uh, I would say it would, 
as what I would imagine if I could get a good session on it, which I think I can, then I would probably say a seven and a half. But I'm drinking this in the middle of summer, but we've had quite a lot of hot weather and everything else. And uh, it's at the temperature where, for me right now, it's got the flavours and everything else, but I'm looking for that bit more refreshment that I'm not going to get with this type of beer in this type of kind of weather just now because I just feel uncomfortable and I just want something that's kind of well chilled and a bit sharpish, you know, a bit of sharpness to it from that point of view just to get that bit more kind of refreshment. Um, whereas this is more of a kind of warm, kind of cosy kind of beer. It's kind of, you know, wrap yourself up in a duvet from that point of view. But yeah. Seven to seven and a half, depending on seasons or climate, um, I would give this. But yeah, I would recommend it, and yeah, give it a go and see what you think. So it's uh, roughly about two pound a bottle. And it's four and a half percent, five hundred ml bottle. Thanks for watching. Cheers. Bye for now.